Hello Waterloo Road fans, it's Tom here, your podcast host, just popping in before we get started to tell you about the Patreon page. As I am sure you know by now, Patreon is a subscription service where you can get extra stuff from Luke and myself, including our Waterloo Road Awards, reviews of other school-based TV shows, including Phoenix Rise, Ackley Bridge, Britannia High. All of that is there. Extended versions of our interview specials, um, our Waterloo Road fan fiction, loads of great stuff on the Patreon, which you can access via patreon.com slash Waterloo Road pod. And I would like to thank those of you who have already subscribed. So thank you to Matthew Kumar, to Laura, to Ollie C, to Georgia Leah, who is the avocado bath on both Instagram and TikTok. Thank you to Becky, to Joe Buckle, to Aya, to Frank, to Rebecca Grimshaw, to Eve, to Tom Percival, to Natalie, who is on Instagram at Natalie the Book Reader. Thank you to Avid Collector, to Lottie Smith, to Helen, who is on Instagram at red.head.red. Thank you to Lou Parsons, to Emmy, to Peter, to Sarah Mython, to Joel, to Eliza, who is at WaterlooXRoad underscore on Instagram. Thank you to Charlotte, to Alicia, to Mel, to Holly, to Hannah Louise, who would like to shout out NHS Mental Health Services. Thank you to Kat. And finally, thank you to Maddie. Your continued support is much appreciated. And if you listening now would love to be added to that list of shout outs, all you have to do is go to patreon.com slash Waterloo Road pod. And now without any further ado, let's get on with this week's podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of Everything From Nothing, the Waterloo Road podcast. I am Tom Beasley, your Waterloo Road superfan, joined as ever by Luke Stevenson as we discuss an episode which is entitled Mr. Chalk's Waterloo. Is that what it's called? Yes. <laughs> what? <laughs> so what are they saying? Is his Waterloo here? The impugning of like the impugning of his dignity. I suppose so. Yeah. What he went through as a child, because that's a little bit ghoulish. Yeah, I. Su- <laughs> oh, I like. I joined ghoulish. Thank you. <laughs> um, I, I think it's the the impugning of his character. I think. Right. Okay. So the episode begins um, with uh, Chalky sort of rehearsing what he's going to say to um, the social worker who is coming over tonight. That doesn't pay off. No. I just thought that, that as I was saying it. <laughs> <laughs> Which presume it's fine. The whole episode builds to the meeting with the social worker that then doesn't happen. No. Yeah, it does. It does. In a day, Kevin takes Chalky's name. <laughs> but they don't have a run-of-the-mill meeting with the social worker as a three-week review. Yeah. But I was going to say, as like a running thing, the shaky cam in this episode is sickening. There's a lot, a lot of handheld in this episode. Yeah, it's like they, they go big on the wanners. There's a lot of wanners in this. And they just they, they they lost the steady cam that week. It's like they watched the West Wing. Went, we can do half of this, <laughs> but we we can't do the other half. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder if this director had done episodes before or does other episodes, or whether they were a, they were a one and done. Yeah, it feels like we should have researched it. Yeah, it's the so sort of check. It's the sort of thing that a, a professional podcast would have done. You did two episodes of Waterloo Road, and it's these two that we're doing now. Yeah, I, when I've looked up directors for the show before, they tend to do episodes in pairs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, I assume that's how they shoot them in little blocks. Yeah, fifteen and sixteen, and that, which is odd because when we get to next week, I say they found a steady cam this week. Yeah. So clearly, the first week he turned up, 
on set and he'd left one thing back in <laughs> Rochdale. Rochdale. <laughs> the hub of the British creative industries. <laughs> just lots of filmmakers on the moors. <laughs> we, we're recording this just after Rochdale, I believe, got relegated out of the National League. Where's a Jez Diamond when you need yeah, him? Yeah, that's it. He scored lots of goals for the Dale. He scored lots of goals for the Dale. For Dale. There's a lot of odd stuff in this opening. Because Kevin, for a, for the first half of the episode, before he learns the earth-shattering information, acts like he has already discovered some earth-shattering information. Kevin is just not on any level the same character he was a week ago, two weeks ago, no. three weeks ago. Which is just insane. Because have this whole thing about him being worried that he's going to be abandoned again. Yeah. Have that happened subtly. Don't just have end of episode 10, those who have lived together, start episode 11, he thinks Chalky's going to ruin his life or whatever. And then this one, he goes, you're going to hit me? It's like, what basis? (laughs) Yeah. He goes, they all do. What? (laughs) There'd be more social work involvement in your life if you'd be going to so many foster carers and they were all hitting you. Yes. Yeah, yeah, there was. Um, It's very, yeah, very, very strange. You're an adult. Um, Yes, last time I checked. Less of an adult than me, but... (laughs) Have you ever put on... That's a, that's a nice way of saying you're in your 30s, isn't it? <laughs> shush, shush. Have you ever put on marigolds for this run-of-the-mill house cleaning? No, not once. Because I just... Chalky does it all the time. He doesn't clean without marigolds. Yeah. I've I've never done the washing up in marigolds. No, I don't... What is the supposed benefit? Is it you're washing it, up with bleach? Yeah, I, yeah I, I guess it communicates to the audience that he's taking the washing up seriously. Yeah, yeah. Chalky's looking for his laptop... And then, like, Kevin panics about Chalky finding his laptop. And at this stage, it's because Kevin is hiding the robot from him. Mm-hmm. That's why he doesn't want Chalky to get his laptop back. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> what a dweeby thing to be hiding your laptop for. <laughs> and this is someone who wanted to blend in. They didn't want to appear intelligent. No. They are referred to in this episode, and I quote, as Brainiac Skeleton. <laughs> so, so that's gone well. Yeah. <laughs> Really blended in there, Kev. It's big um, Gabriella High School Musical one when she walks in. She's like, yeah. I can't have people talking about me. I really can't. Yeah. yeah. No, 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 no. Play out song. <laughs> um, so uh, Connor's at school with an image and he's like raging at him fairly because he burned her face. At one point, <laughs> Con- Connor goes, I told you the truth, didn't I? <laughs> Like that absolves him of everything. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's like it's like admitting that you murdered someone in a court of law yeah. doesn't then get you off scot free. Yeah. Although when Rhiannon admitted to pissing on Scout's bed, no one's ever mentioned it again. So yeah, yeah, that obviously worked. It's probably some kind of form of injunction there, isn't there? Yeah, some kind of Ryan Giggs situation. <laughs> yes. yes, famously, that's what the Ryan Giggs injunction was about. <laughs> um, we're not in legal trouble if we say that, are we? No, it's it, 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 it's it's okay to say that Ryan Giggs has an injunction, I think. <laughs> We've it, not said what it's for. We've implied it. it's about bed pissing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Imogen is very angry at Connor and wants him to come clean to Michael and the police and society as a whole yeah. about the fire. Yeah. I did, again, it is funny because they put it in the previous one. I feel like they did, they felt like they did a moment when he went, mum didn't start the fire. Because then in everyone's head, they went... Yeah. That's all I think about every time. Um, Nikki is doing... This is the circuit training we were promised, right? We were promised. Yes, we were promised it. Um, So Nikki's doing that. 
Um, and then she decides to ask Barry to run these sessions. It gives him the, the bad boy offer of power. It's, it's like Tarek's prefect badge, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like give them some responsibility to stop them being a scrote. Yeah, yeah. How has that worked out? Not well. Um, I also... Uh, and I, I remember them all famously saying, oh, all Mussolini needs is a bit of, <laughs> is a bit of power. Yeah. And that'll calm him down. Yes. Um, I had some issue with the fact that Nikki tormented Scout yes. personally yeah. and vindictively yes. for weeks over the mere suggestion that Scout stole her car. Yes. Nikki knows Barry stole yeah. her car. Yes. She knows it. Yes. And she's like, how do you feel about running Abu Ghraib, Barry? <laughs> <laughs> it's part of their sort of divide and rule thing, isn't it? Mm. Which is weird because Sean was allocated to Barry. Yeah. And because they all, last week, they basically admitted they didn't trust Nikki with this. Yeah. Because of how thing. she treated Scout. Yeah, because Nikki was like, oh, I assume that I'm going to get Barry then. Mm. And Michael went, oh, no, actually, I'd like Sean to, to handle yeah. Barry. And you know what? I'll, I'll put our hands up and say, we have a dreadful memory for this show. Yeah. Do it to the bloody writers. Yeah. Not that we're just aping the, the message they give us yeah. to forget whatever we saw last week. Yeah. It's, it's, their, it's their actual job. Yeah. We're yeah. just two idiots for the microphone. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Chalky's like fretting about the, the social work meeting. Uh, Audrey gives him like a bit of a pep talk about it. And then uh, Tom shows up, says, oh, Lorraine wants you in the staff room. It sounds serious. And this, I think, is quite good because I think this is a situation where they've used the next time trailer. Mm-hmm. To actually create some tension. Yeah. Because we know that something serious is happening with Chalky in this episode. So when Tom says that, we go, oh, this is about the thing that we learned in the next time trailer. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not. No. Um, he's led into the staff room and everyone's applauding because uh, the school has won the uh, robot design competition that Chalky said he wasn't going to enter. Um, with a robot called Napoleon because Waterloo, hey? Yeah. Hey? I have some questions about this. Okay. Because it appears that none of the judging panel have ever seen this robot. (laughs) It's just very much, they just seem to send Austin Healy sight unseen to witness a robot. What happens is they get an application from a school going, we made a robot, here's the design, we promise we've made it. Yeah, yeah. And they dispatch a rugby player. (laughs) (laughs) I like to think they had five or six on retainer. Yeah, yeah. Who they could just send out. Like Lawrence Delalio is in like <laughs> Salford. Isn't it fantastic that the, the name that people who don't like rugby know, it's Lawrence Delalio. Because Johnny Wilkinson's too obvious. Yes, that's too obvious. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so to give the impression that we know something. <laughs> yeah. It's Lawrence Delalio is the name you go yeah, to. Yeah. Just it's fun to say. It is fun to say. Yeah, yeah. And as people who don't like or know about rugby, don't get many chances to say the name Lawrence Delalio. No. <laughs> Unless you say, Lawrence Delalio wasn't an athlete because he didn't play a sport. <laughs> I don't want to say that to his face. I would say it to his face, but... <laughs> what are all retired rugby players doing? Nothing. <laughs> and so there's a decent chance they're listening to Waterloo Road podcasts, quite frankly. Yeah, fair enough. Um... Oh, this is the episode Austin was in. <laughs> oh, my little pal Austin. Yeah. Um, yeah, so this, I, I've just written, because I'm writing about the Barrys, I've just written, what's the secret? Because the Barrys know that they're being deliberately split up and assigned to different staff members. Mm-hmm. That was established last week. Barry had a go at Sean because of it. Yeah. No one messes with my family. But now they're like, oh, don't let on to the Barrys that we're doing this. I don't understand. Because surely then when the Barrys all go home to Casa Barry at the mm. end, 
They go, oh, isn't that weird that I was getting a one-to-one from Mr. Clarkson and Dynasty was baking. And yeah. <laughs> I don't understand why and also, there's been secrets. A week, there's been a week between episodes. So this has been happening for it's, at least five school days. I do not understand what um, the secret is. Yeah, um, I do enjoy the fact that in eight and a half years of this show, they have never thought of another way of an English teacher to inspire a child other than getting them to write a story. Yeah. Casey is 16 years old. Yes. And they're like, write a story. Yes. And she's like, ooh. What if I scored a goal? Oh. So she has no other... What if, what if I scored more than one goal? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Sean then... Um, so, you know, last week when the, 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 the very intense disclosure with Christine and Michael happened. Yeah. And I said... Sean is going to need an explanation for this, right? Because she was calling for Christine's head. Yeah, she doesn't, actually. <laughs> we get a scene where Sean goes, oh, yeah, we need to talk about Christine. And Michael goes, I'm no longer having sex with Christine. And then they never talk about the issue again. Sean, <laughs> yeah. who has had an affair with Michael at work, yeah. goes, I'll take him at his word for this. Yeah, and, like, like Sean's issue, I don't, maybe it was, but it shouldn't have been solely with the sex. No, no. It should have been with the fact that she was drinking at school. Yeah. And the thing is, is Sean seemed to know that they were having sex before any of us knew. Yes. Sean was remarkably involved in this relationship. Maybe she can just smell it on Michael. <laughs> she knows what it's like when Michael starts having sex with uh, colleagues. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's it. That's that's done. Yeah. That, we just forget about that now. Yeah. There's a There's a line that's mentioned that doesn't go anywhere. It's like, are they planting a seed or are they just doing it as a throwaway? How many? What are we in? One hundred and forty-five episodes now. Have they ever knowingly planted a seed? Well, <laughs> I don't know. Um, the um, yeah, very much the bumblebees just stumbling yeah. around. Season one. Um, Tom picks up Casey's story. Yes, one of her many stories about scoring a goal. Yes, and she go. He goes. Hmm. Oh, no, I, I genuinely think they are planting a seed. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's interesting that you've written it from a male perspective and then vanishes. That's... Yes. Goes, disappears. No, I think they are planting a seed. So in five episodes, we've had two me- mentions of Casey being masculine. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, Tom Tom is an English teacher. Yeah. In this job, he has studied some of the great yeah. literary works. Yeah. For me, it's not an alarm bell or a, a thing to comment on if someone writes something from a different perspective. No, I mean, I've um, tried to write novels many times over the years, and I have never once written one with a male protagonist mm-hmm. because I think men are fundamentally quite boring. Yeah. <laughs> and I also think, like, to, to properly take yourself out of the character, mm. you, need to, mm-hmm. you need to write from multiple perspectives so it's easier... Um, but yeah, there's just too, too too much chance of just plank, planking yourself in yeah. there. I think the fact that the the male character that Casey is writing as is also called Casey mm-hmm. probably makes it more of a um, a writer insert than otherwise. Yeah. Um, no, no, it's like it's one of those things where I don't. That's why I think I think they're planting a seed. Yeah. And you know, for how the show does it, fine. But I I just don't believe that an English teacher who studied the great works of fiction mm. would look at this and go. No one writes outside of their assigned gender. But Tom has only read Catcher in the Rye. Fair enough. <laughs> They've done Frankenstein. They've done Frankenstein at this school, right? I don't know whether Tom has, but yes, the school <laughs> has. As a... So, 
Uh, Connor tells Christine um, about uh, this conversation with Imogen. He wants to come clean, but she doesn't want him to. You don't have a wry comment about that, mate. I don't have any comment about it. Okay. Um, Christine and Connor are really boring, and they've yeah. been boring for 15 weeks. Yeah. So um, I'm not, not going to bore people with my yeah. wryness. <laughs> so so uh, Nikki so uh, Nikki gives Barry a task and then says to him, oh, I didn't, sort of, I didn't say you had to do it. You can delegate it because you're a leader. And Barry twigs that something is up. And he knows that something's up because they bloody told him last week. Yeah, they're trying to improve him as a member of society. And it's like, yeah. yeah. But then, so Barry goes with Scout and Rhiannon into the room where Tom is with Casey. Um, and Casey proudly declares that she's going to be the next Charles Dickinson. And then Tom says Dickens, as in what the, which I quite liked. Quite liked. Yeah. And then Barry just, Barry just turns to Tom and goes, oi. Keep out of it. This is a family matter. And Tom just goes, "Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm gonna let I'm gonna let this child speak to me like that." Yeah. Um. So Kevin and Chalky are now working on this robot together because Kevin has made a quite high functioning robot mm. on his own without anyone noticing in the school. Yeah. He's in it in the school. Yeah. With a toolbox next to him that we use in my uh, parents' house to store toy cars. <laughs> Good. Yeah. Good. Um. When when has Kevin been making this robot? In a week. His his legal guardian also is at that school all yeah, day. Yeah, when, yeah. when is he? <laughs> yeah. Some point in this scene, Kevin says the phrase, I'm not really the family type, which seems to run contrary to everything we know about Kevin, yeah. who has just wanted a family and consistency. Yeah. Um, but then Kevin says... Um, oh, I need to get this reading for the robot. And he pulls out uh, Chalky's laptop and Chalky's very angry that Kevin is using his laptop. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like Chalky creates smoke here. Yes, he does. Because Kevin had his laptop earlier in the day and didn't go looking for this. And yes. he'd go, why are you on that? Stop it. Get yeah. away from it. Yeah. Um. So Kevin finds this folder marked fostering. What are the other pictures? Of the other boys? Yeah. Um... Uh, self-incrimination. I believe they are. <laughs> what? Why does he have pictures? I, it, it could of be... random children. Like, obviously, one one of them is of him with his change of name information. Totally get it. Yeah. Fine. Because yeah. in there as well is the like the letters that are being sent to him saying we yeah. want you to take part. So it could be that they have gone. You may not remember. But these people have already agreed to speak yes. to us. This person from the from the care home. This person from the care home. That's the only logic that you can think of for it. But reasonably, it's so that Kevin thinks that Chalky's a paedophile. Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, but yeah. So yeah, one of the things he finds is um, something that says Chalky used to be called Gareth Dinsdale and changed his name. And he looks um, exactly like Paul Dano's Riddler. Yeah, he does actually. Yeah. Yeah, he does. Surely, people growing up in care and then choosing to change their name is not that uncommon? No, I have a... Uh, okay. Obviously, we're not experts in any of this. <laughs> Just going to preface that. Yeah. Actually, we should have said that at the start of episode That was the one. working title for the podcast, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Still better than everything from nothing. Um, I digress. Um, have you listened to my appearance on the official podcast? No, Splitter. But they they justify me. Never been more upset than when Adam Thomas asked me why everything from nothing meant. Uh-huh. Ne- never in my life have I been more upset. Yeah. A, a, chorus, a chorus of angels sang yeah. in my brain when that <laughs> happened. Um, he walked past it every day at work for years. 
I feel like the show needs to do more to explain why the school wouldn't know. Because mm-hmm. I feel like the school would know. The social worker who approved him as a foster carer would absolutely know this information. Because yeah. you don't you don't change your name and then all record of that happening disappears. Yeah. It's still on your record that yeah. you changed your and name. And it's not like he's done it dubiously. No. He has legally done it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the school would know this. Yeah. It would be on his job. He's worked in schools for 10, 15 years. Um, and then, so, as well as all this stuff, Kevin finds a password-protected file. And there's a bit where he yells at Chalky, what's on the encrypted file? Like, oh, this has become a spy thriller. <laughs> Hacking. <laughs> he does some great command prompt work later. <laughs> So yeah, Kevin flips out, says it's hard to live with strangers at the best of times, let alone if you're going to lie to me. Um, And then Tom sees the row. Yeah, Tom suddenly has problems with teachers having domestics with pupils. (laughs) It is his whole vibe. Yeah. So there's a pit where Michael uh, sort of walks into his office and Sonia's like, oh, there's someone in there for you. And Christine is just stood in the corner of the office like the end of the Blair Witch Project. <laughs> it's so dramatic. Uh, Michael said last week that he'd get Christine the support she needed and it seemed to immediately give her the cold shoulder. Mm-hmm. Just like, there's a, while there's a camera here, I'll tell you you'll get the support that you need when the camera's gone. Yes. In the intervening weeks, Christine. <laughs> yes. Um, so it sort of seems like Christine's going to tell Michael about Connor, um, but she doesn't. She says, oh, you've already done so much for us. And then Connor blunders in and goes, I'm the arsonist. <laughs> and then Michael goes, what arsonist? Yeah. <laughs> At one point he says, I burned Imogen. Now, that that implies a degree of malevolence that wasn't there. Yes, it does, doesn't it? it? It's, it's, you have this image of him with a, like, a solder iron. Yeah. Yes, it does. <laughs> it, it suggests an intent that wasn't there. Yeah. Um, Tom then finds Kevin and Kevin's going on about how Chalky's a fake he's in, Kevin is in big frantic face shaking mode I, I, so I just don't he just understand. plays it with such an amount of intensity every single scene yeah I find it so bizarre because the only thing Kevin knows at this point is that Chalky once had a different name mm-hmm. and the name it looks like the name change is not recent because mm-hmm. Chalky's what a teenager in that picture yeah yeah um, What's interesting is that he settled on chalk. That'd be the first question I'd ask. After all this is blown over and I stop accusing him of being a pedophile. He, he, he wanted to be a teacher and he's a big fan of nominative determinism. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'd go for Daniel Abacus. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, Connor's sort of ex- trying to explain what happened. He's like, oh, I felt trapped. And Michael says, uh, you thought fire starting would make you feel better? Fire starting which is, is such very a much, strange description. Yeah, which is very much this fun runner's turn of a hornet's nest, I think. Fire starting. It's like they were like, mm, starting fires, nah, too conventional. We need a different phrase. Fire starting. Yeah, yeah. This isn't a yes. prodigy song. Yeah. Um, and then Christine says... My son's a pyromaniac who doesn't know how to handle his mother being an alky. And in, in the minute she said that, in my head, I just got a flash of a Take a Break cover with that written yeah, on it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was like clear as day in my head. Yeah, yeah. And I just went, this is... If if ever there were any doubt that this is a soap. Yeah, yeah. The line, my son's a pyromaniac who doesn't know how to handle his mother being an alky. Is... Yeah, yeah. that's the one. 
So, yeah, Kevin then uses his command prompt hacker skills yeah, yeah. to break the encryption. And we know that Chalky's a hacker, so surely he would have encrypted it better than that. Yeah, yeah, he would have double encrypted it. Yeah, they should be in opposite rooms, both typing, going, he's locked me out. He's me <laughs> it's, it's very much hacking if you just watched Jurassic Park yes. and thought it was still 1992. Yeah. What I do think, though, is that the way Kevin hacks, quote unquote, is very teenage computer whiz. Mm-hmm. Because I had a friend at school who was a bit, who was like a computer person, and they discovered all the fun things you can do with command prompt. Mm-hmm. Like they discovered that you could write a command on one of the school computers because they were all linked, and you could like turn off other people's computers via command prompt. Okay, and they had they had many japes. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine the japes. Yeah, the, j- the japes were had. Jolly, jolly japes. So yeah, Kevin then finds out that the encrypted files are letters from a legal firm um, about something to do with child abuse at a care home. Yeah. Kevin is a smart kid. Yes. He was Brainiac in... Skelton. Yes. Kevin Hunting. Um, yeah. As we know, not Kevin Will Hunting. No. No. Oh, I've learned. Or not Goodwill Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> Good Kevin Hunting. Yeah. Um, that sounds like, a, like, you know, like the world's most dangerous game. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> how, was the heaven, how was the Kevin Hunting today? Yeah. It was good. It was good. Um... How the fact he can't put any of this together. Yeah. He knows Chalky was in care. Um, he sees a picture of him. sees he's changed his name. He's got a legal firm that's saying care home abuse. And it's all dated yes. from that window. And he goes, ah, Chalky is a care home paedophile. <laughs> um, so yeah, Tom then sort of gives Chalky like a grilling about it. And Chalky like doesn't, you know, doesn't reveal anything. Um, and Tom says he'll have to go to Michael about it. Mm-hmm. So Barry has then recruited... I don't think we've done a Barry Never Barry this week. Sorry, everyone. Barry Never Barry. Yeah. Um, well, we're, we're never barrying, never barrying at this point, yeah. aren't we? <laughs> if you like. Um, Slow it down and yeah. play it again. <laughs> so uh, Barry wants uh, the people he's sort of recruited to do a, a simple drop with some drugs. Mm-hmm. Um, God, yes, this is with the... Drug brownie episode. Yes, it is, yes. God, so much happens and none of it's interesting. I, I'm not clear why they're doing the drug brownie thing. I, I assumed that this was Barry getting them involved in some small-time drug dealing. Because mm-hmm. we know he uses the bins as a drop yes. for car keys, other projects. Mm-hmm. Um, Other projects. Other projects. Yeah, where he's building his robot. Yes, yes. So uh, Imogen is watching Connor mournfully while he's in the cooler. Yeah. Um, and the song is Be Myself by Aidan Grimshaw, which I can only assume is that Aidan Grimshaw. Aidan Grimshaw. From The X Factor. Yeah, he had a really strange mouth. Yes. Yes. It was really horrible to watch. Yeah, it was. And if you're listening, Aidan, no offence to you, you're a better singing voice than me. And he might be. Well, they're doing my episode. I was in this episode. Yeah. But I'm just, I'm just, I'm just pointing it out to you. I have a medically de- diagnosed nasal condition, and even I don't sing like that. <laughs> um, I, at this point, Imogen, Christine sees Imogen and goes, I hope you're happy with yourself. And Imogen takes it seriously. Somehow, in these episodes, Imogen becomes the bad guy. Mm. Her face was burnt. Yes. By actions these two took. Yeah. And they hid it from her. Yeah. But at some point, she's like begging for forgiveness. Yeah. And like in the next episode, I think at the end, we're supposed to go, oh, she's come to her senses. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that nice boy. Yeah. The nice boy with the matches. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
But the other, I do find it odd that Michael's like, he needs to be kept under supervision. He hasn't actually burned anything in six weeks. <laughs> much, yeah, much like his mum is a recovering alcoholic, he's a recovering pyromaniac. So, uh, Chalky then admits to Michael that he's changed his name, but won't disclose why. Um, because legally he doesn't have to. Yes. And this should be put yes. in a document and yes. a report. Yeah. I've got written here, it is a legal name change. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, at one point in that conversation, why are you pretending to be somebody else? Yeah, he's, he's not. <laughs> that is his, his legal identity. It's like me saying to your wife, why are you pretending <laughs> to be Charlotte Beasley? Yeah. You're not. Yeah. So Kevin has gone to the legal firm. They're called the Central Prosecution Bureau. Oh, that's not that's not an actual name of a legal firm. I, I believe the actual CPS would have some copyright, right? And some some justified copyright questions. Well, yeah, because my first thought when he went there was not this is a legal firm. It was this is some sort of you know government entity. Yeah, yeah. So the the solicitor just tells him. Yeah, there's yeah. I can only tell you what's in the public domain. But on this day in this yeah. year, that man was abused by this person. It's incredible yeah. what he divulges, just to a kid. Yeah, not like even if he brought in some documents and says, "Here's my foster care. I feel like I should know this." Then maybe the lawyer can make a case. But the lawyer just goes, "All privilege." Is abandoned. This random angry child that stormed into my office. I am going to. I, a lawyer who know better than most that I cannot tell, I'm going to tell you every single one of the details about this. Yeah. So there's a a Tame Impala song that plays as Dynasty distracts Sonia. So Sonia has been making brownies for Austin Healy Mm -hmm. um, to try and woo him. Um, It's not Stefan John Barnes. It wants to be Stefan John Barnes, but it's not. No. Uh, Austin speaks more than John Barnes. Yeah. <laughs> um, Austin so, fancied himself a bit of an actor. John Barnes knew his limitations. Yeah, <laughs> yeah if he's not cutting in from the left, John Barnes doesn't know yeah. where he is. Yeah. Um, so Dynasty distracts Sonia so that Rhiannon can put the weed in the brownie mix. Mm-hmm. And we get some fantastic year nine um, I'm high on weed acting. Yeah. It's yeah. It's cartoonish. And they work, and it works so quickly, incredibly quickly. It's just in this show, drugs do whatever they want them to do. Yeah. Um, Kevin arrives back at the school, um, sees Tom, and he's like panicking to Tom that he's he screwed this up and he got Chalky very wrong. I do find it odd that Kevin's way of say of saying "I'm sorry for calling you a nonce" yeah. is by programming a robot and not by <laughs> "I'm withdrawing my accusation that you are a nonce." Yeah. And then this robot is some outstanding level of AI because it has facial recognition. Mm-hmm. He goes, fine, Chalky. He goes, there, here's Chalky. That's, a, that's, a, that's ridiculous. He makes R2-D2. <laughs> so they've made hundreds of brownies. Yeah, hundreds. <laughs> How big are the ovens? Yeah. How much mixture did they just have? And so Sonia, like, has like a corner of the mixture. Mm-hmm. And is higher than a kite. And is the highest I've ever seen a human being. Yeah. So yeah, she's like giggling. Do you know, and this isn't another one of those things where I'm saying it because my parents listen to the podcast. But like, I have literally never been in the presence of a high person. I've been in the the presence of high people. I I could not describe what it looked like. But I knew, I could instinctively knew watching this that none of these people acted like this. Yeah. They were acting like they'd just taken some multiple sclerosis medication. That's how... (laughs) Um, if you're new to the podcast, yeah, 
<laughs> yeah, I feel like we do have to disclaimer. That is a reference to series two? No. No, sorry. No, it's Emily. Um, yes. It's Emily when so, Sca- Scout is being a carer for a lady with multiple sclerosis. Yes. They get the drugs and he's like, let's take these sorry, drugs. Sorry, I was going back to Lorna. Yeah, yeah, no, not that. Glad to yell. So yeah, that was what, series six-ish? Yeah, six-ish, seven-ish. Um, and then, yeah, Emily's like, oh, we'll get high on one multiple sclerosis tablet. Yeah. Um, and then she acts like she's done heroin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it goes full train spotting for five minutes or so. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Kevin and everyone has fixed the robot. Um, so when, when they all first come in with the robot and they're all giggling, I was like, oh, they've all had the brownies. And then the robot comes in. I was like, oh no, they're all just giggling at the robot. Yeah, yeah. And then it came back around to being they're the brownies. Just, yeah, they're in a giggly mood. Yeah. So uh, Tom then explains to Chalky that, oh, this was, Ke- you know, Kevin, he got you wrong. We all did, which suggests they all thought it was a paedophile. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Man who I've worked with in school for a year, two years, a year and a half. So, yeah, for like this morning, someone said you were a paedophile, and I just went, yeah. And we <laughs> allowed like, you to stay in the building. Yeah, it's like that peep show thing. It's like, what do you mean I always, you always suspect it? <laughs> so, um, Imogen very confrontationally goes to Michael. And says, I don't want Connor out of the school. Um, and then Michael's like, you know, he says something like, you know, it's out of my hands or whatever. And Emma's just like, don't patronise me, knob. <laughs> <laughs> it's very odd. Um, so she ha- she's like, oh, the school has no right to kick it. The school absolutely has right he set to kick out to someone who set fire to the school. <laughs> Even if you hadn't been burnt. Yeah. I mean, what Imogen doesn't do here is invoke many of the other things that people have done that has not had them kicked out yeah. of school, which yeah. is probably worse. Yeah. Um, uh, everyone's giggling because they're all high. Sonia's sick on a woman's feet. Um, I just, I just, again, I just don't believe drugs act like this. No, you, no, you've, you've witnessed drugs. <laughs> yes. D- did this happen? No. No? No, no one was sick. Oh, fantastic. Um, so Michael's talking to Connor and Michael says to, to him, I've got to inform the police and you're facing you know, a possible custodial sentence. And he says, do, like, do you understand that? And Connor, and Connor goes, yeah. And then they move on to talking about the exclusion. And it has real Hermione Granger yeah. sent to prison or worse, expelled <laughs> by energy to it. <laughs> it's like, you might be going to jail, but I'm probably going to let you stay at the school. Like, what? <laughs> yeah, so does. Michael wants him to publicly apologise in front of the whole school. And of course, by the whole school, it means 15 kids with speaking roles. Yeah. Um, Yes, publicly apologise for the whole school and, like, convince the school to let him stay. So I thought there was going to be, like, a vote. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you know, like, Survivor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could have picked a more British reference. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Kevin says to Chalky, oh, I went to see the solicitor, um, and then sort of Tom leaves so they can have the, the conversation. Yeah, and then Chalky says, I'm going to sue the solicitor who broke my right yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. That would have been nicely lucrative for them, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. They'd have got a nice little payout for that. Yeah, exactly. A solicitor as well. They've got money to, yeah, got money yeah, to yeah. give. Yeah, yeah. So Barry Barry Never Barry had earlier said to Rhiannon, if you do this like drug drop for me, then I'll I'll give you a prize. And Rhiannon says she wants Barry Never Barry as the prize. Mm. So they have the ugliest kiss I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, yeah. They just sort of run at each other. Yeah. 
There's no commentary on the two the two individuals. No, no. Just the quality of the kiss. Yes. It's rather an unattractive kiss. Yes. yes. He does he does the kind of wrapping the whole arm around the yeah. neck. If you're a young young man about to experience your first kiss, please don't do that. Yes. Um yeah, it's not it's not good. No. So Sean confronts Barry Never Barry and says, you know, do you know anything about the drugs? This is a very Barry like thing to do. Um and then he says no, no, no. And then Sean is talking to to I think it's Michael. Says the Barrys have a watertight alibi. It's not like there was a Barry in the kitchen the whole time. Yeah, yeah. one of them has been doing baking all day. (laughs) That is possibly the most incriminating thing. Am I going crazy? Have they just forgotten? (laughs) Like, that's her whole thing at the moment. She lives in the kitchen baking stuff. There's a second Barry on a grassy knoll. (laughs) They've got a watertight alibi. What? I couldn't believe it. Sean is just a cartoon. I at this point I believe the actress got so fed up she was walking into scenes and making up lines. <laughs> They're like, oh, can you say the right thing? No, I don't yeah. care, I want to be done. Um so uh, Connor is in front of all the kids with speaking roles. He says, Oh, I started the fire that, that led to Imogen being burned, and then the the, the police arrive with dramatic timing mm-hmm. to, to take him away as he's doing the speech. So we never see the vote. They've got a sense of narrative flair, don't they? Yeah, they have, they have. What's, what's amazing about this is they have so much of this conversation and that at no point does the phrase pressing charges come no, up. No, it doesn't. Because this, this is a situation fraught with a risk yeah. of someone saying pressing charges. Yeah, it is, yeah. Um, um, Nikki um, suddenly starts lecturing Sean and gets all high and mighty about how intense Sean is monitoring the Barrys. Yeah. Feels an odd thing for Nikki to take an issue with. Look, I don't understand any of the Barry's stuff. Yeah. Um, so Imogen confronts Connor as he's leaving and says, I'm proud of what you did, but there's no us. The scars on my face might heal, but not in my heart. Which I think is the worst line of dialogue the show has ever included. Um, I don't know, there's a character called Barry Barry. <laughs> there must be worse. I, I don't know. But like... It it's absolute like fifteen year old, sixteen year old goth girl writes it down in her diary, and then she goes, "I'm going to say that." Like it's it's believable. Like, so, I was, what, so what you're saying is it's bad enough to be believable. Yeah, I think it's. I remember once um, we were in an A level media class mm-hmm. and we were drawing something because it's media and it's a gimme topic, um, and then one of them picked. Um, I, I I believe that media studies is very valuable and everyone should have to study it. Okay, um, uh, it's a gimme topic. And um, <laughs> it's fine, I did multimedia journalism. <laughs> I'm not bad-mouthing it No, I way. genuinely think media studies is important. I made, I made a life out of it. <laughs> um, and then I work in marketing. Um, and then she picks up this pen yeah. and she goes, <laughs> black, like my soul. <laughs> Yeah. And I later discovered, it's even sadder, she was quoting City of Bones, uh-huh. one of the Mortal Instruments books. Oh, right. So it was a whole layer of goth sadness. Yeah. But yeah, I believe, you know, the scars on my heart don't mend. <laughs> okay. That sounded like a Amy Winehouse song. <laughs> it did, didn't it? Yeah. Um, so, um, Kevin and, and Chalky are like, they're, they're on the way home. And Kevin is sort of like saying, oh, you need to, you know, you need to confront this because uh, Chalky's like, he doesn't want to get involved in the litigation. Mm-hmm. Um, but Kevin says, you need to confront it. 
and then uh, Chalky like shows Kevin the scarring where he was uh, he was attacked by this guy at the care home. Um, and you know the targeted areas that couldn't easily be seen. It's all very nasty. Yeah, it's it's is it weird to have waited sixty five episodes of Daniel Chalk before then introducing this? Um, I guess for a lot of at least the first half of his time, he was very much a comic relief minor character. Mm. Um, so I guess it's the Grantley thing, right? Where we didn't get much of Grantley's home life until like series three or four. Yeah, I suppose it's like that. It's just, yeah. It, it's one of those things where I guess with an episodic show like this, they can just drop things yeah. in as and when they want to. But it kind of feels like, even if he doesn't disclose it until now, yeah. the idea that Chalky has a secret, he has a thing, you know, it's because this all started with him trying to get more confident, right? Yeah. In his first series, he wants to get more confident in front of the kids. Yeah. Um, and where can his issues with confidence come from? Yeah. Oh, his upbringing. You know, it's yeah. one of those... Things they kind of you know they they play it yeah as a way. I have some more questions about Connor and the vote. Connor and the vote. Connor yeah. and the vote. The vote that doesn't happen. Yeah. But Michael seems to think that this is a good idea to have Connor stand up in front of everyone and say that I'm the fire starter. Yeah, it seems quite clear that the only person who thinks this is a good idea is Michael. Yeah, yeah, because you know it's then like right. He's got a nickname for life now. Yeah, you know, Bernie, Bernie Connor, <laughs> Burner Boy. But- um, they can't call him Mr. Burn. That's taken. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I see. Yeah, Master Burn. <laughs> Just because I said Master doesn't make it rude, Tom. When you pull that face at me, um, sounds like what you get if you do it too much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, but then he seems to think there's no problem because he'll go. The kids will accept him back. Yeah. The kids are going to go home and say, I had this really weird assembly today <laughs> where one of the kids admitted to setting fire to the school yeah. and had set many fires in the school, yes. but he's going to stay. Yeah. I feel like the parents take issue with that. He believes in second chances, does, mm. does Mr. Byrne. So, um, so uh, Chalky and Kevin, there's, there's some really good stuff actually in this bit where Chalky's talking about the shame he feels because he was the oldest and the biggest there and he felt like he should have stood up and protected the others. Mm-hmm. Which I, I feel like that's a really good bit. Yeah, I feel like that, that is a good bit. I, and, and Mark Benton, heroic Mark Benton. Yeah, I think Mark good. Benton is really, really good in this in this scene. I just feel like it's sad now that what we get is we get nice scenes in questionable, crazy episodes yes. rather than nice stories. Yes. Yeah, I think you're definitely you, right. You used to be able to go to like, okay, the, the, a, the B plot is nonsense, the C plot is nonsense, but the A plot, yeah. great. I like that the whole way yeah. through. Whereas here, because this is so much like jutted about with all the Kevin, the Kevin stuff, the yeah. Kevin chasing things around, the accusations, all of this, and it just means that there's there's one sensitive scene here that's really nice, but doesn't seem to exist. It's a bit like the Rhiannon episode a couple of weeks yeah. ago, where you had her and Scout talking about it. That was really nice, but the episode itself was all a bit of a mess. Yeah. Um. So Kevin is then like trying to say, you know, you can do this with me by your side, and he says. The robot was just the beginning. Now, I think there's a bit of a jump between constructing a robot and taking down historic child abuse. Mm-hmm. Depends how big the robot is. <laughs> Maybe the robot could be useful in taking down yeah, the child yeah. abuse. Yeah, yeah. It's actually going to make Robocop. <laughs> I like the image of Kevin on a skateboard foreshadowing this becoming a John Lewis advert. 
Yes, Kevin showed any interest in skateboarding prior to this episode. Has he showed any interest in building robots prior to the week in yeah, between? Yeah, but he's Brainiac Skeleton. That stacks up. Yeah. He knows what a parabolic curve is. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, good, good Kevin hunting. Yeah, so... Um, uh, Kevin is talking to, saying to Chalky, you know, you need to, to stand up for yourself. And um, Kevin says he wants to change his name to Chalk. I've had boxes of cereal longer than he's lived with Daniel Chalk. Yeah. Yeah. But he wants to, he wants to be Kevin Chalk. And then presumably he'll adopt someone in 20 years time. And they'll one day find out that he used to be called Kevin Skelton. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And they'll assume he's a pedophile. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's the end of the episode. Yeah, thank God. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was all right. Yeah, like I said, there was a nice, there was a nice scene. I, I do think that this second chunk is vastly superior to the first chunk because mm. the f- the first chunk is some of the worst stuff the show has ever done. No, it's all all of the worst stuff yeah. the show has ever done. <laughs> no, it's not the worst stuff the show has ever done. Mm. What's worse? Well, the out, the Outward Bound episode is terrible. I feel like we should revisit it. What we should, we should do a redo of that episode. We should. We, what we should do is rewatch all the ones we gave the worst episode award to. Yeah, yeah. And, and say, are they better it. than just an episode from series eight? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I thought it was all right. I thought I, I liked where the chalky stuff got to. Yeah, I think, like you say, the Kevin stuff that leads up to it is wild. Yeah. Um, we don't give a lot of mentions for Austin Healy. No, we didn't. We just skipped over Austin Healy. <laughs> yeah. I also like the fact that... Because he, he's an irrelevance. Yeah. There's also two people attached as kind of like judges for this robot yeah. competition. It, it, there's like a camera crew. But then when all of the drugs happen, these two clearly weren't hired to speak. Yeah. I think and you two, see them just turn away going, oh. Yeah. I think the two people are supposed to be like prospective sponsors who are going to put money into the school... For the robotics department. Yeah, for the robotics department. They're going to turn it into MIT. Um, yeah, so I think that's what that's what they were. Austin Healy, yeah. At least with John Barnes, he was like the big conclusion of the episode. Yeah. yeah. Whereas Austin Healy is just jammed into a five-minute bit halfway I, through. I'd love to know what happened here. <laughs> what was Austin Healy? Was he probably, was he like on a book tour or something? Maybe. Potentially. Yeah, it could have been. Yeah. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. I should know what he was... Or whether he'd just been announced as a new... Captain on a question of sport. <laughs> and the BBC were getting them around doing all the other bits. Um, next time trailer, uh, Bolton Smiley is back. Yes, the next trailer has everything. In in military uniform. And there's Connor being sort of, you know, bullied around the school by people. Rhiannon bragging about sleeping with Barry Barry. Barry Barry threatening Sean. And then him finding a gun in Bolton's bag. The logical sense of the army allowing a man to leave with a gun mm-hmm. never explained. No. At this, at this point, you look at it, you go, wow, that's going to take some explaining. Yeah. And, it, and it, yeah. they say he ran away. That's it. He just ran away with a gun. With a gun. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's the episode. Um, play out song. There's that Tame Impala one, which is fine. It's odd because Tame Impala is a thing now. Yeah. I don't like that. People are allowed to have music careers that span a decade. But I don't like yeah. it. Back in the early days, oh, do you remember this indie band? You went to see Paramore the other week. Against my will. It was not against your will. I do not believe that. I don't like that new stuff. Okay. But. But although we were, I was at your house the other day and I said, oh, the new new Paramore stuff. And it was like eight years old. Yeah. yeah, so yeah. I, 
I have the stuff that I listened to in 2008 and the new stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the, the, the new new stuff. Yeah. <laughs> if it wasn't on the Twilight soundtrack, it's new stuff. Yeah. <laughs>